Mm, hello, and welcome to episode 28 of Curiosityness. I am Travis DeRose. I'm the host of the show that you're listening to, and this episode's pretty damn fun. I have on JT Lozano of SpaceX Updates. He has an Instagram account where he updates people on SpaceX news and all that kind of stuff. Um, And this guy just knows a bunch about SpaceX. So we kind of just have a fun conversation talking about the history of SpaceX, how it started, why it started, Elon, talk about the different rockets, the Falcon 9, Falcon 1, Heavy, all these things. He really explains it well. And then we talk a lot about, you know, going to Mars, what it would be like to colonize Mars, uh, just a bunch of really fun stuff. If you're interested in, you know, SpaceX, uh, space travel, Mars colonization, anything, I think you'll enjoy this conversation. It was just, uh, it was just very fun and uh, informative. So I'm gonna stop talking and get to the episode. Here is JT of SpaceX updates. Boom, we're going. What's up, JT? All right. What's up? How's it going? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing good. So I found you on Instagram. You have a like a what's it called? SpaceX updates. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. SpaceX updates. And so you just like who are you? What do you do? You just follow SpaceX. You're just interested in them. Yeah, I, I follow them everywhere. I'm a huge fan, and I started the account in June, and it was more of just like a for fun type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I would just, I noticed that there weren't many accounts or anything that would say about a launch or give updates about it. So I just started it from there. Okay. Right on. You even got a, do you have a SpaceX hat on? Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. I got the Occupy Mars shirt on too. Oh, damn. Nice. I got, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're hooked up. Sweet. I, I got in and uh, I went to Florida in July and we went down there and we went to Kennedy Space Center and I got the stuff from there. Oh, okay. Saw, uh, we saw uh, the hangars, SpaceX hangars, and it was pretty cool to see. And I saw where uh, Falcon Heavy lifted off from, and that was pretty sweet. Wow, cool. So is that just like a like you can take a tour there or something? Yeah, we did uh, a uh, bus tour. So we went to the visitor center, went throughout there, and then got on a bus, and they took us out to the launch pads and saw all that. It was oh, pretty okay. cool. Right on. That sounds yeah. good. I'd be down. I want, I want to check that out. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk some SpaceX then. Let's just see what's going on. So um, I have like a fairly good understanding of it, but it's not like I don't mm-hmm. keep up on all the news and everything. Yeah. Um, I read – God, who was it? Some guy had a – like a he, did, he writes these really long blog posts, and he wrote like a mm-hmm. really good um, like – whole Elon Musk series. Oh, waybillwhy.com. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he's really good. He wrote a huge thing. So I read his whole SpaceX, you know, post, which was like, it was like a freaking book. But that was, I think, yeah. I think he wrote that like three years ago. So that's kind of like where my knowledge ends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure like a lot of people are kind of similar where they have like an idea of what SpaceX is, but not a super understanding. So yeah. can we just kind of start with maybe like, a basic overview history kind of thing of SpaceX and like their different rockets yeah. and all that stuff. So SpaceX was started in 2002 by Elon Musk and he, I think I read he purchased, 
he wanted to make space cheaper because obviously space is pretty expensive to go to. Right. And he wanted to make it cheaper. So he wanted to buy these Russian missiles and try to use those as Russian components. And he said it was way too expensive. So he said it was cheaper for him just to start his own company. And that's when he founded SpaceX. And their first few employees, I think he said there was like nine employees maybe. And they designed the Falcon uh, Falcon 1. It was a two-stage rocket, and much from the, this island out in the Pacific. I'm not, I forget what it's called. It's like Kiwana, some atoll or something like that. Right. And they started the Falcon 1, and the first launch of Falcon 1 did not go as planned, and it blew up after launch. And they tried it again about a year later, and that one blew up too. And then they tried again, and that one failed. And Elon was down to one last launch and he had enough money for one more launch. And if that did not work, SpaceX would have just been nothing. And the launch worked and that's how SpaceX was born pretty much. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he started the company, he gave it a 10% chance to be successful. And now you look at it and they're a multi-billion dollar company just like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it really came yeah. down to that last launch. Wasn't it kind of like, um, it was kind of like that was his last launch, like his last opportunity really to keep the company afloat, and it worked. Yeah, but then it wasn't like Tesla going through a similar thing at the same time. Do you know about that? Yeah, Tesla. Yeah, he. I'm not sure much about Tesla, but he has had problems with it with money, and I I know there was recently he had a problem with the funding for it and was about to take it private, and then he didn't. But right, yeah, it's similar. Yeah. It's crazy how he can he just puts everything on like on the line like that like it seems so yeah like the the company seemed huge today and stuff but yeah back then it was <laughs> pretty risky yeah crazy yeah and then uh then uh after that they got a contract from nasa to launch to the international space station for commercial resupply missions and from there spacex started to grow and they developed the falcon 9 and the Dragon spacecraft that goes up to the space station. And NASA awarded them, I think it was a $2 billion contract or something like that, a lot of money, mm-hmm. to launch missions to the space station. And that's what they're currently doing. And the Dragon just arrived today, too, on the space station. There was a mission launched two or three days ago. Oh, right. They were. It went to the International Space Station, right? Yeah. Okay. And um, the Falcon 9 they designed to be fully reusable. So I'm sure you've seen it where they've land their first stage rockets on launch pads and or landing pads and stuff like that. And there was a problem with the Falcon nine the other day where one of the things that it uses to steer, it stalled and it landed in the ocean. It was not supposed to, Right. but they uh, still, rec- they still recovered it. Yes. Okay. So it's, it was supposed to come back down and land whatever mm-hmm. vertically again, but it just didn't. It, was it like planned to go in the yeah. ocean on like a malfunction like that or did it just happen to go in the ocean? You know? Yeah. I it said that they planned or they programmed the Falcon 9 to land in the ocean and purposely missed the landing zone if it detected a problem to keep people okay. on the ground safe. Yeah. <laughs> that that Yeah, that wouldn't be good if the <laughs> space blow up on the pad. Rocket comes flying down at you. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, and just big explosion. They did have problems though. 
when they first started to land in 2015, they were trying to land him on the drone ship out in the ocean. And the first couple of times they would just land it softly on the ocean. And then they incorporated the drone ship into it. And that didn't work out too well. The first couple of times it would explode right when it hit it, either go too fast or miss it or stuff like that. And when they first got it, it was the Orbcom. I think it was two mission. It was at night. And the webcast was insane because the SpaceX employees were cheering and just basically crying when they saw that thing landing vertically on the drone ship. Right. Is it, what and, is, um, is it the drone ship? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they have a autonomous ship. So like it's about, I think they said it's a football field long mm-hmm. and it's programmed just to land straight onto that. And they have the one that's in, stationed in the Atlantic is called um, Just Read the Instructions. Or no, sorry. It's Of Course I Still Love You. That's what they named that one. And then the one on the West Coast is Just Read the Instructions. <laughs> so Elon likes to make it fun. And he even made or uh, named the Falcon 9 after the Millennium Falcon from Star Wars. Yes. So Nice. Good move, I think. What really caught my eye with SpaceX was the Falcon Heavy launch in February. I knew who they were. I knew they were sending stuff up to the space station and they were a good company, but watching the Falcon 9 land both of the core boosters at the exact same time was an unbelievable thing to you. And just think that people could do that with rockets and usually companies would just throw rockets on the ocean. They separate them and they don't they just go in the ocean and sink. They don't use them ever again. And they're losing billions of dollars doing that. Mm-hmm. Elon said that he would wanted to save money. And they're saving millions and millions of dollars by reusing these rockets. Yeah. Well, he attacks it like very logically where if you want to make space travel affordable and practical, you have to reuse the rocket just mm-hmm. like you do reuse an airplane, you know? Yeah, it's- that's what he would like it to be, would be uh, reusability. Yeah. You and... Have to. Um, he would also like to reuse the fairings that cover up the payloads. And they have a ship called Mr. Steven that has a huge net net on it and it goes out and tries to catch them. They haven't caught them yet, but they're very close to doing that. Yeah, I saw that thing. It lo- it's hilarious. Like it's just yeah. – it looks like a toy. Like here, let's, let's look at a picture of this thing real quick because it's like um, – here, let me share my screen. It's literally just like a huge – um, what's it called? Mr. Steven, it's called. Like it's literally a huge ship with a net on top of it, just strung over the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous. He, I think he enjoys it a lot, doing that. Yeah. <laughs> like it literally, it literally just catches up. Like what is, so what is it catching? It's catching the, the fairings that are on top of the rockets. So on rockets, they have the payload fairings that protects the satellite or whatever's in it for uh-huh. uh, atmospheric when it's going up. And it protects it from heat. And when it's out of the atmosphere, they just take them off and they fall into the ocean. Same thing with like first stages. They don't use them ever again. And they would save $6 million if they were to reuse those again. So that was his plan, and SpaceX's plan was to try to go out and catch those. And the fairings have parachutes on them, too, so they just float down 
from space and Mr. Steven tries to catch them. He's been, they've been very close, but they have not got it yet. Right. So if they don't catch them, do they just fall in the ocean and sink down? They they recover them, but they can't use them again. Uh-huh. Um, there was a mission last week or two weeks ago where it almost caught them and they landed in the ocean. But Elon said that the salt water didn't affect them as much as they thought, so they might be able to reuse those. But the salt water components is really hard on rockets, which mm-hmm. water is on electronics too. So yeah, he he plans to do that. And uh, there was a theory that he could reuse the second stage, but in order to do that, the second stage would have to slow down way too much, and it would lose way too much fuel for uh, reentry, and it would have to have a shield too. And he said it wasn't practical; it wouldn't be able to work well. Okay, so there are still some components that just aren't really recyclable. Yeah, like basically the whole rocket is recyclable except the second stage. Okay. But they are required to, after their payload is put into the orbit, they are required to deorbit the second stage to reduce space debris. Yeah, there's like a and, lot of space trash and crazy stuff up there, right? Yeah, it's it's everywhere. There's probably millions of pieces up there that are just floating around and that's one of the things with the space station too they have to be on standby for orbital maneuvers if they see a piece of debris coming they would have to move the station around and there's been a couple times where a space shuttle has hit space debris and they said that this one shuttle hit a micrometeorite and was probably the size of a grain of dust and it cracked the front uh window of this uh shuttle it was going God so fast. Damn. Yeah, that's crazy. That stuff is freaking scary. Is it? Do you know if it's like getting worse? Is there more debris that's being put up there every day? Yeah, every time we launch, there's just more and more debris getting put up there, and it doesn't make it better that a couple. I think it was in 2009, two satellites uh, collided together. It was the Iridium 33 satellite and a Russian spy satellite, and they were projected to miss by like. I think it was 800 meters or something like that. And they were wrong and they smacked into each other and curated millions of more pieces of space debris. That's untrackable. Dear God. So wait, so yeah. it's untrackable. They can't really tell when it's coming or can they? They the Pieces that are large enough, they can. They track them. The U.S. Uh, Air Force tracks them. Uh-huh. But pieces that are probably the size paint or something like that they cannot track it's just too little yeah yeah something like that that small going at seventeen thousand miles an hour will do serious damage to a uh spacecraft holy crap so what are like that seems like a horrible like what are we gonna do is that can we fix that can we clean it up do you know spacex wanted to build a sort of vac- space vacuum type of thing. I don't know r- really how they were going to do it, mm-hmm. but it had a big net sort of, kind of like Mr. Steven, but with like fibers, and it would just go out in orbit, and it would sweep and collect all the space debris, and it'd collect it all up, and then it would just re-enter and burn it all up in the atmosphere. Oh. And multiple companies have thought about doing that, but I don't know how they would do that. It'd be too much, I think. Yeah, that's just that seems like so crazy. But like, if it's just getting worse and worse, something has to be done, right? Mm-hmm. And the more that we go up to space, the more of a problem it's going to be become for us. Yeah, it's space is just like trash on Earth. It's just cluttered with 
debris and you just have to like it's crazy that they had to track all of that debris and there's just hundreds and thousands and millions of pieces that are up there yeah got it such like it's crazy like how many humans have been to space like i don't know less than a thousand yeah and yeah, probably much, 300 yeah like how much freaking crap we have up there already like we haven't even been there really yeah we've, we've, we've polluted only, it so bad we've only been there for what 60 years maybe not even yeah right about 60 years god damn and there was a nasa mission and i think it was through the 60s they wanted to put these little needles about this big metal needles in space to have fast communications with uh their military during the cold war and it was called westford needles and they would send up these rockets and they would just disperse all of these needles in space and they are still all up there just floating around the ionosphere what the hell so they actually yeah. did that yeah jeez they so- they stopped it a couple of years after they started it but they put up a lot of little needle like things to bounce radio signals back quicker okay i see so it had a use for them then but they just did they not did they know what they were doing do you think with the creating so much debris i don't think so i don't think they were really thinking about it but now they're like ooh, that was a bad idea to do that <laughs> oh <laughs> my god jeez yeah put up a bunch of little needles in space and now we're gonna have to worry about that hitting other spacecraft and satellites right man that's scary um yeah. Okay, so you were talking about before all the different, you know, like stages of a ship um, and how mm-hmm. it works. Can you kind of give me an overview of how that all works? So all most rockets are second two stages. So they have one first stage, and then when that's out of fuel, they'll disperse that and go off with the second stage. And I'll just use the Falcon 9, for example. The Falcon 9 uses liquid oxygen and rocket-grade kerosene for the fuel. So... You have those chambers, and they combust, and then it has the nine Merlin engines. So when the first stage runs out, it will, or actually SpaceX will leave about 33% fuel left into their, their first stage for reentry and landing burns. Okay. They will do that, separate, and then the second stage is more of an efficient engine. It has one vacuum engine. So a vacuum engine is different from a sea-level engine. Sea-level engines have more thrust, but less efficient fuel but then since you don't need much thrust in space since it's a vacuum you need a lower thrust engine and that won't use as much fuel but there were um concepts of a single stage to orbit spacecraft and they really didn't work much it would require so much fuel to get up there and it's just more cost efficient and fuel efficient to just use stages on rockets rather than one stage okay and um they just i don't know i think second stages are a lot better uh, first stages like if you were to go with a single stage to space like i said it would just be way too much fuel and they thought about that with the space shuttle they thought about doing it with a one stage only and then they incorporated the boosters and other shuttle engines uh-huh. okay so they have looked into it and thought about it but it just doesn't seem it's just not as good for of various reasons yeah but, okay yeah it's just not it'd be way too the rocket would be way too heavy 
and it just wouldn't work as well as a multi-stage rocket. Okay. So just to kind of summarize, so the first stage is like, is where the, like the big rockets are to kind of get it going up and like out mm-hmm. of the atmosphere and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then that falls off and that comes back down and lands, right? Yep. That lands like vertically back down on the whatever. Yeah. SpaceX is the only rocket company to land orbital class rockets. There is another company that Jeff Bezos founded called Blue Origin. Mm-hmm. They haven't had a uh, orbital mission yet. They just have suborbital, which is they go up, they get out into space, and it just comes right back down. Mm-hmm. And their rocket is uh, the New Shepard. No, what is it? New Shepard. It's the New Shepard rocket. It's a one has one engine, and they land it similar to SpaceX, but SpaceX just I think is a lot more advanced i mean you have this rocket that's going up into space it'll flip back around and then propel itself this way back to land make a re-entry burn because if it doesn't slow itself down before the atmosphere it'll just burn up and blow up Mm -hmm. so it has to do that and then the precision that it requires in programming and coding and all that to land a 19 story tall rocket onto a little little um landing zone is just insane yeah and to be able to reuse reuse those is just it's insane. I mean, NASA will throw away billions and millions of dollars of space shuttle parts and like the Saturn V, I mean that rocket cost billions of dollars and they the only thing that came back was the command module, just a little tiny little module on the top. <laughs> so why did they did NASA and you know previously did they just not think that was possible? Like why weren't they doing what Elon's yeah. doing now? People, when SpaceX first put the landing legs onto their rocket, people literally laughed at it. Uh They were like, this isn't going to work. Like, how are you going to land a rocket? And they never gave up. And they did it. And they showed the world that you can reuse rockets like you can an airplane. And that's what SpaceX's philosophy is, is is to make space travel almost like going on an airplane, like routine, and being able to fly 10 times a day on the same airplane and not have to, and only refuel and that's it. Yeah. So, do you know why it, it like vertically lands, like it took off instead of coming in maybe like an airplane with like you know, like landing gear wheels or something? Yeah. Um, it would probably if it was like a normal rocket and it had like here's a rocket for example. If it had fins on it right here to land, kind of like the space shuttle did. Yeah. It would probably be too much weight on it, and it wouldn't be practical than it would be to just make it a rocket and just to stage off from there. Okay. But obviously the space shuttle would enter like an airplane and the space shuttle would just glide. It didn't use any fuel. It would just use the atmosphere to slow itself down. Okay. That's why it had um, those wings and fins, right? Yeah. It wouldn't use any fuel on the way down. It would just use, just drag Mm -hmm. and it would just glide down. But with SpaceX, they propulsively land theirs with their rocket engines. So during re-entry, they use three engines, and then for landing, they use one. Okay. So you're essentially using the same equipment to take off and land, so it's just more efficient. There's less stuff to carry and everything, right? Yeah. Okay. And if the payload is more heavy, they will land it out on the drone ship that's stationed out in the ocean. Yeah. But if it's a lighter, like the Dragon spacecraft, they will boost it back. They will flip it back around and then boost it back to Florida, and it'll land there. So will it, it will it land where it took off? No, not yet. They they plan to do that with their new uh, their bigger ship called the Starship, uh-huh. and 
they say with practice and more more practice basically it will be able to land back on the launch pad and they yeah. will just have to attach a second stage refuel it and they could just launch it again the same day and that would be an insane thing to see yeah that's literally it's like an airplane at that point almost yeah they plan to do that with the starship which is the ship they plan to send to mars it'll land straight back onto the launch pad and they would just put another ship on top of it and refuel it and off it goes the same day okay man that's cool okay so we got the first stage i understand that how that works and then the second stage so the first stage they all they go up the first stage falls off and comes back down and lands Mm -hmm. and then the second stage has a smaller vacuum engine that just kind of like is that more for like once it's out of the atmosphere of the earth to kind of like direct Mm -hmm. it to where it's gonna go yeah, it when it gets out of the atmosphere, second stage is off the work. It will put the payload into a parking orbit, basically. And when it's in a good orbit, the second stage will detach from the payload. And the payload has like a little, little engine that I've seen in live streams where it'll just pr- blast it a little bit away from the second stage. And then the satellite will have thrusters on it or whatever it's on it and use that to make its desired orbit. And the second stage will just come back in the atmosphere and burn up. Okay, so it comes back and just burns up, and then we it just like literally disintegrates. We don't, nothing happens to it. Yep. Wow. You can sometimes you you'll be able to see it if you're in the exact right spot. You'll if it's nighttime, you'll see a uh, little fireball, and then it'll just break apart, and that's all it does. It just dies. Okay, cool. So that's not giving us any more space debris or, or polluting the earth no. or anything like that. Okay. They didn't used to do that, though, with second stages. They would just leave them up there, and there was no way to get them back down. But companies now like ULA, their SpaceX competitor, and NASA and other rocket companies, they will intentionally deorbit the second stages, so reducing space debris. Okay, gotcha. And then, so when we're talking about like the first stage and second stage, or for the first stage, that's when you're talking about all the Falcon rockets, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, and there was so, so there. Were, go ahead. Um, the Falcon Nine uses uh, the Merlin engine, so there's nine of them. Uh-huh. Thus, the Falcon Nine. And what were you going to say? Yeah. Well, I was just asking. So it started with the first stage was just like a, the Falcon One, which was just like one mm-hmm. Falcon rocket or mm-hmm. rocket or engine. What it had it had, it had one engine. That's that's Falcon One it had one engine. Okay, and then the Merlin. What's the, what's, the, what's the difference between the Merlin and the Falcon 9, or is that the same thing? The Falcon 9 uses nine Merlin engines as oh. its thrust, so that's how it gets its name. Okay, I see. So, mm-hmm. okay, that makes sense. And so now pretty much that's what they're using for all their stuff is the Falcon 9 Merlin stuff? Yeah, um, except for Falcon Heavy. They test launched that in February, and that's when they put Elon put his Tesla on top of it and a little mannequin named Starman. And launch that. And that used 27 Merlin engines. And that was the most rock or uh, powerful rocket to ever lift off when it did. Holy crap. So Falcon it was, Heavy. And that was 27 yeah. Merlin engines. Damn. Okay. Yeah. They put they basically strapped together three Falcon 9s and just strapped them together and put a second stage in the payload and launched that. Holy shit. And when... When that launched, Elon gave it a 50-50 chance to work or blow up. He honestly didn't He didn't think it was going to work. He uh-huh. even said in the news interview, he said, I can't believe it worked. I really can't. Yeah, crazy. And so the, and in the, 
Well, so I was just going to ask, so the benefit of using like a, going from the Falcon 1 to the Falcon 9 to the Falcon Heavy is just you can get bigger payloads up out of the atmosphere? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the more thrust you have, the heavier payload you can put up. So Falcon 1 had these tiny little satellites about 1,000, 2,000 pounds. But Falcon Heavy is capable of putting up, I think, 100,000 pounds into low Earth orbit, which is insane. Yeah, holy shit. And it, it's also able to send, I think, 8,000 pounds to Mars. So that's a lot. Yeah. So what did they do with the um, – when he shot up his Tesla? Where is that thing going anywhere or is that just orbiting somewhere? It's uh, it's in a sun-synchronous orbit, so it it's out of – out of earth orbit but it's just orbiting around the sun sort of like an asteroid mm-hmm. and a couple months ago or a couple weeks ago its orbit just passed mars's orbit so it's out beyond mars now orbiting okay so that was to kind of show that they could launch or that they could yeah send that much weight to mars basically yeah and i think i thought it was funny because elon set up a four hundred thousand dollar car in, into space to mars just because he could yeah right <laughs> with a little mannequin on it named Starman that had a spacesuit on. Yeah, it's hilarious. That's just the stuff he does, man. It's it's great. We love it. Yeah, he also on the car there was a radio playing uh, "Space Oddity" by David Bowie, and it's just on loop, playing <laughs> and playing. But people people were skeptical about because Elon said it would last a billion years orbiting the sun. And people were saying that the car would just melt in space and it would just disintegrate, basically. Mm-hmm. And SpaceX didn't really comment on that, but the live views that they had from Starman when it was going around Earth was n- insane. Seeing Earth just getting smaller and smaller and smaller while that little mannequin just drives away in his car. Uh huh. So was it literally just the car is floating in space? Is it like on anything or surrounded by anything? It's on this sort of like cone type thing, and then it's mounted on top of the cone, and then it has uh, these things that support the cameras. It has cameras pointing at it. But okay. I'm not sure if they took the second stage off of it or the second stage is still attached, but the car is just floating out there into space. So it's just like it's like a convertible roadster with it just like into space. Yep, just floating out there driving <laughs> yeah, that's into the sweet. universe. <laughs> Yeah. God, that's great. I love that he does that. Okay. Cool. So that'll make sense. So what's is there anything planned for after the Falcon Heavy? Is there a next something next? Um, there was their spaceship that they plan on building is it was called the BFR, and they just recently changed the name to Starship, which would match Starman and other SpaceX companies. Mm-hmm. And that will have the Raptor engine, and that will use I think. 32 Raptor engines, and the Raptor will use uh, methane and liquid oxygen. Okay, so that's a different fuel. Yeah, um, methane, I think, will be more productive, I think they said. But liquid oxygen is the same thing they use with the Falcon 9. But with the Starship, they plan to launch it up, and then there's a second ship, huge ship that will carry hundreds of people onto it. It will go into orbit. They will land the first stage of the Starship like they do the Falcon 9, except it will land directly back onto the pad. They will take a cargo ship, basically, with full of fuel, mount that on top, and then launch that again. 
And then when they're in orbit, they will dock with the other ship. It'll refuel, and then it'll be off to Mars or the moon or wherever they plan to go. Oh, okay, I see. So you kind of – oh, that's interesting. So it's so that way it's like a lighter – you can be like – have a lot of supplies and, and weight up yeah. in, in space and go a long distance, but it's lighter to lift off out of mm-hmm. orbit. Okay. Since it doesn't use a second stage, it just uses the ship in general, it – would have to have fuel to get to Mars. So they just designed that concept where they would launch the ship with people and then they bring it back down and launch a fuel ship and then dock that and then the fuel ship will come back down and land too. Okay, so is there a second stage with this then? Um, the ship is considered a second stage, but it doesn't have, I don't know, I don't really know how they consider that. It's just have the first stage and then on top of it is the ship the ship in general okay. i don't i don't think they classify it as a second stage it might just be a first stage okay so there'd be the first stage that's you know blasting off the propelling the ship into outside into space out of orbit and then that comes back down like gets attached to basically just a big fuel tank right yep mm-hmm. and then that goes up fuels the um ship that's up there and then that can go off to mars and then yep. does both that fuel tank and the first stage come back down? Yeah, the fuel tank will come back down, and the first stage will too. Mm-hmm. And then they just changed the design on the Starship. So it would have fins sort of like the space shuttle would, but not as big. And it will come down like a glider now. It, they just had it before where it would just come straight down. But now they want to glide it and use more drag to slow it down and repulsively land. Okay. Like how the space shuttle sort of would, but it will land vertically on like uh, landing uh, strips like the space shuttle did. Okay. And that's the first stage that's going to be doing that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, or no, the, the ship will be. The first stage will land vertically like the Falcon 9 will. Okay. But the ship, when it comes back to Earth, mm-hmm. will land It like will that. land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I see. That makes sense. Same thing on Mars too. It'll land like that on Mars. Oh, it'll land like a, like an airplane, similar to an airplane. It will. It'll land like the Falcon Nine does right now. It'll land vertically on landing legs onto Mars. The ship will. Mm-hmm. With uh, all the people in it, okay. and they wouldn't have enough fuel to come back to Earth if they yeah. were to go to Mars. So if you're one of the first people to Mars, you probably are gonna die on Mars. But SpaceX did think that they could make fuel on Mars using Martian components like, uh, what was it? Just using gases and mining, they would be able to make fuel to get back to Earth. Oh, okay. Interesting. Because, yeah, you... And... Go on. Elon planned to build colonies there, too. So he'd have to make hundreds and thousands of components and structures to be able to have life there right yeah well that's that's like kind of his ultimate plan wasn't or, or the reason for starting spacex was to colonize yeah. mars mm-hmm. he he thinks that uh human life should be multi-planetary because we will eventually need to go somewhere else if something happens or we just blow ourselves apart with war and you'd have to go to mars and try to colonize that mm-hmm. okay so if 
So would we essentially have to figure out how to make fuel on Mars to get back? Or is there a way to transport enough fuel there to get us back? I'm not sure. I think you, you'd probably have to have to make Mar- uh, fuel on Mars in order to get back. Unless the spaceship will have enough fuel to uh, go to Mars, re-enter, land, and then get out of Mars' atmosphere, get in orbit around Mars, and then come all the way back to Earth. But yeah. I think he said, though, in order for us to get back, you will have to make fuel on Mars. Right. That would be That would make sense. Ooh, yeah. Holy crap. Elon plans to go to a lot of places yeah. very quickly too. He um his timelines are just insane like he plans to um land a Falcon 9, refuel it and then fly it again in under 24 hours. Wha- wait, wait, say that again? He plans to launch a payload up into space with the Falcon 9. Yeah. Land the Falcon 9 back onto the launch pad or landing zone, uh-huh. refuel it, put another payload on top of it, and launch that all under 24 hours. Under 24 hours. Okay. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and his so- uh, his employees didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I've heard working for him just freaking sucks. Like you have no life and you, no family. You're just like expected to work as hard as he does. Yeah, that was that's my my dream my dream job is to work for SpaceX. I've always been interested in space since I was probably five, and working for them would just be an awesome thing to do because I originally wanted to work for NASA as an aerospace engineer, mm-hmm. but then I saw how SpaceX was just so advanced and how they could reuse everything, and then NASA they just I think NASA just doesn't really care about their rockets much. I mean they do. But SpaceX cares more about cost-efficient rockets and making companies able to send up satellites for a cheaper cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just – they're just run differently. It seems like like Elon really thinks of things practically. Like he has the goal and then he works backwards of how he's going to be able to do it. And you know, Because now SpaceX is making money now by delivering payloads up into space and satellites up into space for private companies and for NASA, right? Yeah, he, um, they did have a contract with Iridium, which is uh, communication satellite communications, and they launched sixty satellites, I think, for Iridium, and their last launch is coming up in a couple weeks for Iridium. Oh, damn! And then, yeah, SpaceX plans to have their own satellite constellation called Starlink, and that'll be communications, and they plan to send up about three thousand satellites for that, which will be nuts. Yeah. Okay. So that's called Starlink. You said. Yeah, Starlink. Okay, yeah. It's still in develop. It's still in development, they said. So what like what is that? What can you tell me about that? Do you know? Um, it will use it'll it'll be similar to communications. He SpaceX wants to have the whole world have secure and internet access wherever you go, in the ocean, middle of nowhere, deserts everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that will that will require three thousand satellites and they will just relay signals off of each other and beam them down to ground stations and provide internet for the whole world. Okay. I see. And so would that, is he doing that as like a SpaceX company or is that, is he doing it for like, you know, AT&T or something? Yeah, he's doing, it's a SpaceX funded uh, program concept. Oh shit. Yeah. So that'll be a lot of money too. Cause that will, that'll like eliminate the need for cell towers and everything like that. Right. 
Yeah, I'm surprised that companies haven't done that yet, where mobile phones would just be able to bounce off of satellites. But maybe there's some companies that are trying to do that, but SpaceX will eventually do it. But you would think by now we would have something where phones would just go off satellites instead of phone towers and losing reception in random spots in the world. Right. Well, um, from what I've heard, they you know they have satellite phones and stuff, but it's just the mm-hmm. there's such a lag on them, right? Because it takes so long for like to go up to the satellite and come back. But these are like low Earth orbit ones that are should be quick, yeah. right? Yeah, low Earth orbit. It'll just be a lot quicker. That's where the space station orbits, but. If you have satellites, like most TV people, they will use geostationary satellites. So geostationary satellites will orbit Earth at the rate it spins. So it will be above a spot on Earth, the same spot at all times, and not move anywhere. And that's what they would use for TV. That's what they currently use for TV? Yeah, is geostationary satellites. So they'll put it up there, and it's far away enough to where the rate, the speed it has is the same speed as Earth rotates. So the satellite will be pointing at one spot at all times on Earth. Okay, I see. So you can just set up your satellite down here at the same spot all the time. Mm-hmm. That, okay. And that's like what Dish and DirecTV and other companies use for their TVs. Okay, so is it similar? Is that similar to what the Starlink will be? Starlink? No. Uh, Starlink will be in low Earth orbit and it will go around Earth at a much faster pace and be able to, to provide quicker TV and internet and phone access. Okay, I see. Which I'm not sure. I'm not sure why they need three thousand of them, but I mean, Elon does what he wants. So, right. If he wants three thousand, he can send up three thousand, and he has the money for it. Because it well, because they're trying to blanket the entire Earth with this stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they want to take out all the old satellites, all the old communication satellites, and just go off of Starlink and use that. Okay, because you'll you'll be able to use these for communication for and okay. internet and internet everything. Yeah. And TV. Wow. Shit, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, that seems huge. You, like, have do you know you know if Verizon or AT and T or anything like that are working on something similar or trying to get involved with that with him? They might be, but maybe not. I'm sure they're trying to get their – they probably don't want their cell towers to be torn down because they spent money on those. But you're going to have to make way for the future companies. Yeah, because that's going to make their cell towers and their whole network right now irrelevant, right? Yeah, they're going to go out of business and SpaceX will be on the top of communications. Yeah, holy crap. That seems like a huge thing. They're, yeah, whoo. That will almost be like a yeah. monopoly though. Yeah, it would. SpaceX basically is a monopoly right now, sort of with private space. Their only competitor is United Launch Alliance and Blue Origin with Jeff Bezos. But Blue Origin plans to just be space tourism. So they'll send three or four people that'll pay a lot of money to go on their rocket and then float in space for a little bit and then just come straight back down. <laughs> well, that sounds fun. Which. Enough. which yeah, I mean, it sounds like you do it, but I think it only it would only last like ten minutes. And to pay thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars for ten minutes, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's people who will do it, but that just seems like a weird. I mean, that's just yeah. got to be their way of getting more funding, more money, right? Yeah, they Blue Origin has a plan like SpaceX to send 
other stuff to Mars and stuff like that. But their plan too is to make space um, more cost efficient and less expensive to go to. Okay, is that kind of like like uh, Jeff Bezos's reason for starting Blue Origin, or was it? More- yeah, um, I think he did it more as a hobby okay. because. He has, he's the richest person in the world with like 200 billion or I think his net worth is. Mm-hmm. He did it more as a, more as a hobby, but Elon did it more as a helping humanity and people go to space and helping people save money and go to Mars. Okay. And that's why I like SpaceX and Elon a lot more is because he did it for, to help out others. And Jeff Bezos did it more of just for fun. Like I have the money to do it. Let's just do that. Yeah. It's like a, such a, a yeah. weird, ho- crazy hobby to, to start. Just launch stuff into space and get money off it. Yeah. So um, SpaceX and Elon's goal is ultimately to colonize Mars. And he, he what needs he calculated he needs like approximately like a million people on Mars to really have it self-sufficient and stuff, right? Yeah. And obviously Mars is a lot smaller than Earth. Mm-hmm. And... In order to live on Mars, obviously we can't live on Mars, we can't breathe air. You'd have to have these domes that you'd have to live in. And they said that the biggest problem of going to Mars would be the people themselves being trapped in a closed container, metal container going to Mars with a bunch of people might not be a good thing on their psychological thinking. Yeah, for real. Being secluded from everybody and trapped in a little container with hundreds of other people Mm -hmm. wanting to get out and you're in there for about nine months. I think it takes to get to Mars. Oh, it takes nine months. Yeah. Nine months to send something to Mars ish, Uh, six to nine months. It'll take just a one way trip to Mars. One way trip. Yeah. Just to get there. It'll take nine months. Oh, holy shit. I thought it was just like a couple months. Damn. That's a lot longer. Yeah. It, it took three days to get to the moon. Even that trapped in that little container, I'm sure, probably got to their minds a little bit. But six to eight months trapped in a container with hundreds of other people yeah, where anything can go wrong, that might not be good. Yeah. It's going to be – it's like initially it's going to – it's not going to be great. Just like colonizing you know, any new land, right, where it's just – it's yeah. shitty. You're building just like the infrastructure and utilities and all that kind of crap. But um, I guess ideally it would have to kind of eventually turn into kind of a, like a space cruise ship type of thing where there's a bunch of things to do, keep you occupied. It's nice. Yeah. There's restaurants and all that kind of stuff, huh? There was a picture that Elon posted on his Instagram account, which he deleted for some reason. Oh. But it was a picture of this a uh, girl playing the violin mm-hmm. and she was wearing this big long white dress and it had people sitting down and it had earth in the windows and he said that during the trip to Mars there would be violin concerts to occupy the people <laughs> <laughs> violin concerts okay that's a weird specific thing to come yeah. up with the ship itself looked more of like a hotel it had separate cabins where two to three people would stay in and then it obviously would have bathrooms and eating areas, but you'd have to send up a lot of food to get to Mars and have enough food to live on Mars. Yeah, man, it's going to be crazy to really colonize it and get a million people there. It's going to have to be 
pretty enticing and and almost like it's gonna have to be enjoyable and nice to go there right because yeah initially i'm sure they'll have pioneers who just want to go because they want to kind of explore it and have the adventure and and do all this kind of stuff and be known in history but that's you're not going to get millions of people there that way do you think no i there's people that have signed up uh like nasa's new astronaut crew they had thir- or uh, 18,000 applicants sign up to be an astronaut, and only 12 of them were selected. Oh, okay. And they would be, those astronauts would be the ones going to Mars, and they basically signed up to die because they know they're not going to be able to come back from Mars with enough fuel. Mm-hmm. And Elon said he would like to die on Mars, but just not on impact. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. He wants to retire on Mars, right? Yeah. Yeah. He wants to die on Mars, but just not on impact. Yes. <laughs> that's a good clarification. Whew, yeah. Damn. Yeah, that's this stuff is crazy. It, it would be very – it'd be fun to see this stuff happen, but freaking crazy. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know. So what do you think? Would you go to Mars? Uh, I probably – I think I would. I think I would. Yeah. But I say that now, but when the time comes, I'll be like, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm good here on Earth. Yeah. I don't want to go off to another planet in space and die. But if it was if it was survivable and you didn't need other like zones and habitable domes to live in, I, I probably would. I think it'd be an awesome thing to go to a different planet. Wait, so you would go if you didn't need the domes? Yeah, I mean, that's not going to be for thousands of years probably, but maybe I would go with the domes, but I think life, when it first starts out there, would be kind of tough. You're just going to mostly be building how humans did on Earth. You'd just be building and trying to survive and find different things to live easier. Mm -hmm. But Elon's timeline, I think he said it will be in about 10, 20 years they plan to go to Mars which would be about 2030, 2040s. And I think that might be a little bit too soon, but we did go to the moon within 10 years after John F. Kennedy said that we were going to. So it's mm-hmm. possible. Damn. So that means going to Mars and having people stay and colonize and, and live on Mars for like the rest of their life, basically. Yeah, you will. Yeah, you just live there for the rest of your life and start a new human civilization on a different planet. Yeah. Whew. I mean, it would be an adventure for sure. Yeah. And humans are just curious like that. Like we've explored earth, we've explored the moon and that's as far as we went. We just want to keep going farther and farther and farther out into the universe. Mm -hmm. And another plan that or concept or theory that people have is to go to a different solar system and try to find a planet there to live on. Mm -hmm. But for that, it require light years of time, like millions of miles and a light year would be traveling at the speed of light. So if a star is 20 light years away, you'd have to be traveling at the speed of light for 20 years straight to get there. Yeah. And, it can, and is it even possible for humans to travel at the speed of light? Can we do that? Not yet, no. We have not found a way to travel at the speed of light. People have said it's impossible. It's it's the fastest thing ever is the speed of light. So like the sun is 93 million miles away. And it takes eight minutes for the sun's light to get to Earth. Mm-hmm. And in order to go that far, 
people would have to be put into hibernation and sleep and throughout the whole trip. And there's been movies like that, like I think it was uh, Interstellar or Passengers, where people would be in these little pods and they would just sleep and their body would be basically frozen. And then when it's time to wake up, they wake up and they go to a different planet. Yeah. But is it like, can we, I guess maybe we don't know, but is it like physically possible for humans to go to travel at the speed of light to move that fast? Not yet. No, I don't, I don't think it's physically possible. I mean, the speed of light is, I forget how many thousands of miles per hour. I think it's like 300,000 miles an hour. Maybe I'm way short or way over, but it would just be insane. And I don't even know how much fuel would be required to do that. Yeah. Because I think doesn't a bunch of start crazy stuff happening when you get going that fast that physics doesn't yeah, need, G- it's different, right? The G forces would be insane on your body and you'd just be crushed like a pop can. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Crazy. Like how the ocean pressure like how ocean pressure is, <clears throat> you'd just be straight crushed. Yeah. Ooh. So that's a that's a long time away. So right now we got Mars to focus on though. Yeah, we got Mars and right now SpaceX is just building up their money for their ship to fund. So right now with their companies that they're partners with sending up, they're saving up that money to build their starship, which they started construction in last summer out in uh, the LA area. It's in uh, the LA area uh, at the LA port uh, ship port. And they have to build it there because it's so big that they would have to transport it on ships. Oh, shoot. That's like, I live pretty close to that. I can see it from, I walk a block and I can see that port. Oh, really? Well, I'm, I don't know if it's unmarked or not, but they are building it in LA port right now. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And they had pictures of it compared to a person and they had this one tank and the person looked like a little ant compared to this fuel tank for how massive this ship is going to be. Holy shit. Okay, wait, I'm going to look up a photo of that. Um, what's it called? The previous name was BFR. They just changed it to Starship, so it's just BFR was the older name. Okay, so let's see. So what should I search? Like BFR? SpaceX or LA port or something. Okay. And this thing's going to carry hundreds of people, ideally, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then all their – would it carry – so they're going to have to do – oh, is this what you're talking about? Yeah, that's uh, yeah, and then the one on the left is the hangar or something they're building it in. Okay. The tour, and then you can see all the cargo ships and stuff like that. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, what's this? They're just talking heavy. I saw I saw that hangar when I went to Florida. Oh, okay. Cool. And that yeah. was so cool to see. Yeah, this thing is huge. And then wow. if you look up pictures of. If you look up pictures of the BFR, it'll show you just the scale and size of it. Woo! So there's it all on Mars and all the colonies. Yeah, look at that thing. Oh, that's a cool image. It's just like a, a rendering thing. Yeah, imagine seeing that in real life. Yeah. God damn. So there's the dome that everyone would live in. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then you have the landing that... pads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need a lot of those. Damn. There's a person for scale in the bottom left corner. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Of how huge that's going to be. Yeah. It really looks – it looks similar to, you know, the NASA uh, shuttle. 
Yeah, yeah, it does look similar, except it has three wings instead of just two. Yeah. It, there's the first stage in that one picture going back down to land. Uh, where is it? This one? Uh, the one, yeah. This one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Damn. This is cool. This stuff is freaking sweet. Yeah. Do they, do they have any I like interior mock-ups of that? I, yeah, I believe so. I think Elon did release interiors of it. Yeah, right there's a good one. Oh, my God. Oh, so will it be yeah. like rotating to give you know the sense of gravity? Yeah, I think they yeah they would do that in uh, sci-fi movies. They would do that, and they said it's physically possible to make gravity on a ship just by rotating it. Okay, so that that is actually possible. Mm-hmm. Oh man, this thing is cool. Yeah, I think it'd be cool to live on that. Yeah, it literally looks. I mean, it looks like a you know a little hotel kind of. Like cruise ship type of deal. There's a picture right there. It's a black sphere. That's their tank that they built for it. And there's a person right there for scale. That's the the fuel tank. Yeah. So would that be on the um, the starship, or would that be for the first stage rocket? Both of them. It would be inside of both of them. Oh shit! So they would okay. They would both have this, and this yeah. is what they would send up the second. Um, like fueling ship to fill up, fuel up this, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I see. Yeah, they would fuel that up and then take that to Mars. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, dude. So, what would I mean? I guess we don't know for sure, but what do you think? Like, kind of uh, the daily life on Mars would look like. You would just have to, you would have to stay to not have a spacesuit or whatever. Like, you couldn't go outside mm-hmm. without a spacesuit, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And why is that? Just because the um, – just for air, to breathe proper air? Yeah. The atmosphere is mostly carbon dioxide and you – there's not much oxygen. There's a little bit of oxygen but not a lot at all. And you would just basically suffocate if you did not have a spacesuit on. Okay. And isn't the uh, atmosphere of Mars a lot thinner than Earth's? Yeah, that's why they would have to require more fuel to land on Mars because it'd have to slow down a lot more and a lot more quickly because there's not enough atmosphere to slow down. Like the space shuttle did with the Earth's atmosphere, it used that to slow down. Mm-hmm. But with Mars, it's a lot more thin. Okay. But it would make coming back to Earth taking off easier than two, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. And then, okay, so you'd be kind of – is the idea just to live in these big domes – that would they would be like pumped full of oxygen, and we could we could walk around without any spacesuit in there, right? Yeah, and then immediately after you go outside, you have to have the suit on, or else you just die. Yeah, man. So yeah, these domes would have to be freaking huge, and have like, I mean, what would they have? Like little parks and and living trees and stuff inside of them. Yeah, have you ever seen the movie The Martian? Uh, With, uh, who's uh, in that I forget one? His name. Oh. Uh, Matt Damon. Matt Damon, where he gets stuck on Mars, yeah. right? Yeah. I yeah. read the book and the movie, the author of that book made sure that everything was scientifically correct. Like this could work on Mars and him growing potatoes in his own crap would actually work on Mars if he had the right resources and how he made water and how he watered them and kept the soil fertilized. Right. But doing that, you'd 
it would just take so long to get Mars to look like Earth. I mean, it'd take thousands or even millions of years to do that. And you'd have to use generators and other things, excuse me, to do with uh, oxygen and make oxygen and make the air breathable and plants to survive. And you'd have to get water on Mars too because right now there's no water on Mars. Okay, so you're talking um... – are you talking about like that to get that like in a dome, like in a big thing for us or to kind of like terraform the whole planet? That and to terraform the whole planet, even in like the dome. I mean, the dome would be a lot easier, but to terraform the whole planet, it would just be insane. You'd have to have a lot of people and a lot of resources to do that. Yeah. So what are they going to do initially for water when they first get there? What's the plan for that? I think there's a lot of ice on Mars and they plan to mine the ice and melt the ice to get water but they there have been mars orbiters that have found ice on mars but just not flowing water okay but another problem another problem on mars would be radiation since the atmosphere is so thin um they said that people would have to live in underwater or not underwater underneath the ground in mars in these volcanic tubes that lava used to be in and you just basically live in a cave like a caveman to protect yourself from the radiation? Yeah, if there was no other way to protect yourself. Okay, so can we build, like, if we do build the domes, can we build them so they mm-hmm. would block out that radiation? Um, probably. You'd probably have to have a lot of shielding and metal and gold foil, which would reflect it off. But I think it would be possible for the dome. But other experts say that you'd have to live in a cave on mars until it's it's safe enough to go out holy crap until it's safe enough meaning like until we can terraform it enough yeah yeah and then save yourself from the radiation but that was that was a problem they had with the apollo missions was going through the van allen radiation belts those are just a little bit outside of earth and they try to take the shortest trip possible through them and it was a 50-50 chance if the astronauts survived it, they survived it. And if they could not handle the radiation, they just died from it. And that was one of the things they really had to look into with protecting the ship itself from radiation. So what kind of stuff would happen if, you know, if the radiation was too strong or something? What would happen to the astronauts and to the ship? The ship probably would just get disintegrated, maybe, and then the astronauts would just die. Like, you would just get radiation sickness, similar to, like, an atomic bomb, uh-huh. and you would just not survive it. But, how, like, how quick would that, those kind of symptoms or whatever come on, do you know? I'm not sure, but I think for, like, the atomic bomb, for example, I think it took hours, maybe, or a couple of days for people to start to feel the sickness. And on Mars, it'll probably be about that too. Holy crap! So this is it's yeah. just like what's is the radiation just from the sun or what is it? Yeah, it's from the sun because since Earth has a magnetic magnet, uh, magnetic field, it'll block all the radiation. Some radiation gets through, but it'll block most of it. Mm-hmm. But I think Mars has a weaker magnetic field, and without an atmosphere as dense as Earth's, it would just go straight through and hit the Martian landscape. Damn. It's crazy how well like fine tuned earth is and how fine tuned we are to live on it. That like Mm -hmm. for us to synthetically kind of create another earth almost on Mars is like just 
such a huge endeavor and such a crazy thing to think about. Yeah. I mean, being able to transform a planet like that would be insane. It'd be so cool. And I mean, I think you'd have to conserve, conserve some of it. Like you can't just change the whole thing. Like you have to be able to conserve a part of the planet to make it look like what it used to be like orange Mars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wait, so wait, wait, say that again. You think you would need to preserve a part of Mars to not terraform? I think if we were to terraform it, I think saving a bit of it would be a cool thing to do because you could see what Mars looked like before you terraformed it and see what you came from and what it looks like now. Okay, I see. Just for like, just to look back at it and hit, like, yeah, it would just be cool, like a tourism kind of thing. Yeah, sort of like how we have on Earth, like national parks or mountains or something like that. Okay. I mean, would that even be possible, though? Don't you kind of have to put a – they would – to terraform it, it would have to be like – they would create an atmosphere that would go over the whole planet and everything? Yeah, you might have to – I don't know. Yeah, now that you say that, they might have to just basically put Martian dirt in jars and save those or something. But yeah. if they transform the whole planet, yeah, everything would just start to grow. Right. Whew. Crazy. Elon yeah. has very wild ambitions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that stuff's not really – I don't think I would want to – I'm, I'm going to enjoy watching people go to Mars from here and watching the, the broadcast of it. Yeah. But yeah, just talking through this, man, I have no – like it would be insanely awesome to see all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I can see it through, you know, photos and through the video that's sent. I don't, I don't need to go there because it's yeah. freaking horrible and scary for a while. Yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah, it's very dangerous to do that. I mean, even to go into space in general, it's very dangerous. But to go to a planet that's millions of miles away where nothing is living there, it's just rock and robots, mm -hmm. people might not want to do that. Yeah, especially if you can't come back. But, yeah, ideally – because isn't there like a like – a, like every, I don't know, two years or something like that where Earth and Mars are the closest together and that's when they would do the trip, right? Yeah, there's certain like orbital maneuvers that they would have to do. So like over summer, um, Mars was at its closest orbit with Earth. So Mars in the sky was a bright orange dot. Right. And I could see it out every night and it was just bright. And if you were to send it up now in like a random spot, it would not be fuel efficient to do it because you could use Earth's gravity to boost yourself, get like a gravity assist and boost yourself to Mars from that. Oh, Okay. So, like, when – are you familiar with, like, the Voyager probes NASA launched in the 70s? Uh, I mean, the name's familiar, but I'm not – I can tell you what they were. They were these – they were twin probes, and they sent them up on separate rockets. But they sent them up when all uh, of the outer planets were lined up exactly, and they said that it was a perfect op opportunity to explore those planets. So they sent up Voyager. It would – get gravity assists from Jupiter and Saturn and Uranus and Neptune and swing by all of those planets and take photographs of them. And that's what they did. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. They, they found a perfect opportunity with all the planets lined up and they said, we have to launch now. And they did. And they sent up two probes and now those probes are actually into uh, interstellar space. So oh. they're out of the atmosphere into who knows where. Wow. Holy shit. So do we still have like contact with those at all or anything? I don't I don't believe so. I think the last contact was a couple of years ago, but it would take I think they said 
26 hours or something like that for a radio signal to go from there to earth. Mm-hmm. And right now it's just still going. Yeah. Whew, crazy. So how often, do you know how often that kind of alignment happens? Was it just a really crazy lucky time or is it fairly? I think often? it was, I think it was like every a hundred and some years it would just line up like that uh-huh. or maybe even longer, but the, yeah, it would take forever for those plans just to get exactly lined up again, how they were. Right. Damn, that's cool stuff. And that's what I was, um, when I read that article on the wait, but why thing, he was talking about how, you know, once this all gets, if this does get going and we have people colonizing Mars, like you couldn't, you couldn't like, we couldn't Skype them or call them really because there would be such a, a delay in the signal. Yeah. With, uh, NASA just landed a uh, lander on Mars two weeks ago called InSight, and it'll measure like, well, they call them Mars quakes instead of earthquakes, but it'll measure that to give an idea of what Mars looks like in the inside. And along with that, there were these two CubeSats. So CubeSats are probably like about that big, mm-hmm. but these ones were about the size of a briefcase. There were two of them, and they communicated with the lander and sent the signals back to Earth, and Earth communicated a lot quicker with the lander with those two satellites. And it cut down, the delay time from Mars to Earth is about eight minutes, I think they said. Mm-hmm. And that cut it down to, so you can see where it was at the exact same time. Wait, okay, sorry, you cut out for a sec. Can you repeat that? What did it cut it down to? It cut it down to uh, real real time so they could see all the statistics and all, everything real time with those two CubeSats. Whoa. Wait, so how – Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Can you explain how that how that's possible again? They – the two CubeSats communicated together. They were separate and then they sent signals – or the lander sent signals to the CubeSats and then the CubeSats related to Earth. And it was a lot quicker to do that because – the CubeSats were just flying by Mars instead of orbiting it. And NASA does have a Mars orbiter, but during the landing of that lander, it was not in an ideal orbit to communicate efficiently with Earth, and it would take a lot longer to do that than it would be to just use the CubeSats. Okay. Okay, I think that makes sense. But isn't isn't the aren't isn't the signal being sent back and forth? Isn't there like a time delay on that? Like this aren't they traveling the speed of light? Um, they were lower than the speed of light. I think they were probably going about what it would take to orbit earth, like about 17,000 miles an hour, maybe a little bit more, uh-huh. but I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sure how they did that quickly, but with the Mars orbiter, it would have taken a lot longer because of its orbit and where the lander was yeah. than the CubeSats being right on top of it and sending it straight back to earth. And it was also a test mission with those, um, CubeSats too, because CubeSats were just thought to be like mini satellites. They're like this big. And there's a bunch of them around Earth right now, but they didn't think you'd be able to send it that far and for them to work, and it worked. Oh, nice. Cool. So I think they'll probably do that more often with interplanetary missions. They'll just send up CubeSats for better telemetry and data from the spacecraft. Okay, that makes sense. Ooh, damn. Well, shoot, JT, that was good. I think... I don't have any other questions. I think we covered everything I was kind of curious about. Yeah. Damn, dude. Is yeah, it, how do you know Elon, so much about this stuff? Is it just you, uh, you know, reading I, and learning on your own, or what are you doing? Yeah, I, I read and learn it on my own, but a lot of people at, like, my school, my friends, they'll, like, make fun of me for the topic, and I don't really know why. Like, they'd be like, oh, did you see that rocket launch the other day? I'm like, yeah, why? Like, 
I don't know. I got into it one night when I was with my uncle and I was looking up at the stars and I was probably about eight. And he said, there's a space station up there that people go on and they're living up there doing experiments. I was like, well, I was like, I'm going to have to go look that up. So I looked it up at home and that's when it all started. And I got hooked from there. Ooh, that's a good like opening to your, to a movie. If they ever do like a, a biopic on you, that's a good opening scene right there. Yeah. <laughs> Just sitting up and looking up into the stars and then going home, looking at that. And then one day I'm an astronaut. Yeah. That's good stuff. That's but, good. Yeah, my dream is to work for SpaceX, do something with designing their rocket or something, or NASA or whoever it may be. Cool. Right on, dude. Well, good luck with that. I'm sure it'll happen. Thanks. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. I got a long way to go Yeah, but... to get where I want. Cool. Well, you can make it happen, though. Cool. Well, thanks for yeah. being on, talking all this stuff. It's fun. Um, so what's? Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, so give everybody your uh, Instagram account again, where they can follow you for SpaceX updates and stuff. Um, my Instagram account is at SpaceX underscore updates, and I just provide news about SpaceX and pictures from webcasts about previous launches. So if you would like to catch up with SpaceX or just SpaceX in general, I post a lot about that and yeah cool perfect i'll I'll throw a link to that in the uh, show notes for people to grab but yeah man that was fun appreciate you being on yeah thank you all right dude have a good one all right yep you too hey guys travis is here again um so the podcast is over it's done so you can just leave right now so don't worry about it but i just had a couple things i wanted to mention and say to you guys. So first of all, thanks for listening to the episode or watching the episode. Super appreciate that. Um, if you want to connect with me or in, in the podcast, uh, we're on, we have a website. It's called curiosityness.com. Um, curiosityness is C-U-R-I-O-S-I-T-Y-N-E-S-S. Kind of weird. Um, but that's what it is. Curiosityness.com. Uh, you can go there. We have an Instagram Instagram.com slash curiosityness podcast. So not just curiosityness for the username. Uh, I'm on Instagram as Trav DeRose, T-R-A-V-D-E-R-O-S-E, if you want to find just me. Um, oh, we're on Facebook, Facebook.com slash curiosityness. We're on YouTube. Uh, I think just go to YouTube and search curiosityness and we'll pop up. Uh, I don't think we have a URL for that one. Sorry. Oh, and we have a, I have an email address, Travis at curiositiness.com. So if you want to email me, you know, give me your thoughts on the show, suggestions, tips, uh, maybe like a suggestion for a new, for a guest who could come on, maybe yourself or somebody that you know who might be interested or, or you would like to hear on the podcast. Let me know about that stuff. I, I would love to hear that. Um, Oh, and then if you could leave a review, too, for the podcast, that would be super appreciated. Uh, the reviews in, like, in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever, wherever you're listening to this, super help. Um, just drop, like, a star, whatever star review. I won't tell you to do five, but it'd be nice. Uh, so drop a review. You can write a review even, too, if you want. That would be even better. Um, but that's about it. So thanks again for watching. I super appreciate you, you know, listening to the whole show and staying here. Um, and yeah, thanks again. Have a good day. Bye-bye.